Just not sure how we're going to go this morning, and that's just being honest right off the top. The Dead Set Legends, three co-hosts of this show, three different parts of this beautiful country. We've got Tommy Rockliffe up in Brisbane, the former skipper of the joint. Hello, mate. Uh, g'day, yes. Good morning, Hello. It's all over shop, isn't it, Tom? Our man Fergus over... Somewhere, we don't know where he is. He's got another junket just collecting coin left, right and centre, isn't he, our man? I just cannot believe it. I walk in this morning at quarter past eight and uh, I said, where's Fergus? Our producer eyeballs me and he said, he's in Port Lincoln, can you believe it? <laughs> Callum Ferguson, have you got us? You're in a $29 motel again. <laughs> a very nice spot right on the water here in Port Lincoln. Don't worry about that. But this weekend's not about me, boys. This one's about my good mate, Benny Smith. He's having his 40th. Big shout out to him and we're going to have a great weekend. Ree and I away uh, a weekend without the kids, boys. So plenty Ooh. of sleep, hopefully. But you're right, we're all over the shop, we're here, there and everywhere and it's been a big week in sport, we'll pull together as we always do and get the job done. Cannot believe this, stuck alone in studio once again, uh, missing my boys, rocking, uh, you're in Brisbane, I don't know what's going on, you played golf yesterday, you said you hardly saw a bloody a wink of the footy last night, what happened? No, I hardly seen the course, I hardly seen the fairway, that's for sure, It was. Uh, I was in the trees, the scrub, so I ended up walking about, uh, I don't know, the, the course, the walk should have been about 10 kilometres, I did about 20 yesterday so i was knackered a few uh a few refreshments responsibly of course oh, i was yeah. uh tucked up nice and early the sun got me yesterday tom i think it was so um no but fresh and I've, I've caught up on all the footy got up early this morning and, and watched uh all, all the stuff that i had to, to to be all over what happened last night well you'd want to be as well fergus because i think the uh, west coast gold coast game uh, actually just finished so yeah <laughs> that's right i don't know what, what's with this two on a friday night and then we got two on saturday at the exact same time and then thursday was humming for six weeks and it gets ripped away. That's no good, Tomo. That's where we stand on it. I'm pretty sure uh, Rocky will be the same. How can we have this fixturing going on when Thursday nights have been such a success for so long? I, I can't get my head around it. My understanding is that there's going to be a big push to have a Thursday night every uh, week of the mine around next year. We need to see it happen because it just feels like such a longer weekend when we've got Thursday night footy. <laughs> Two fixtures on a Friday night, let alone a Saturday night, I just I can't have it. Well, I spoke last week about bringing the Friday night game early so it didn't finish at midnight. It actually finished at midnight last night, Eastern, <laughs> <laughs> Eastern Seaboard. It, it was quite incredible, but what a massive show we have yep. as well. After that game last yes. night, Richmond and uh, Geelong, Brian Taylor just wandered into the change rooms and oh well, leads into a beautiful segment a little bit later, doesn't it, when we go to the family about when your mum had a few too many Chardonnays. Yeah, well, who, who was it? It was young Samson, wasn't it, Rock, that his mum yeah. was, uh, it, it, she was going nicely. Well, by the sounds of it, she had a she had a gut full up in the stands, and maybe even before the game. So she certainly wasn't responsible last night. And uh, I know that we all have a few stories about our mums uh, playing up in, in the past. So uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. Also, Jay Z Clark's going to join us just before ten o'clock. He's got the latest on uh, well. He, the, the Jason Horn francis Cam Zerhau sort of issue there, Fergus. Yeah, this is what I want to hear about, a bit of the nitty-gritty of the backroom stuff that you don't ever see, and that's come to light. So we want to hear a lot more about that. I think they're going to be at loggerheads today. I can't wait to see them line up against each other at the centre bounce. How good would that be? Hang with us, Adelaide. She's a big show on the Dead Set Legends. We're pulling through. We're in Brisbane, Port Lincoln, Adelaide. It's all happening here. The boss to kick us off, and we have double passes galore to the Goodwood Day, if you don't mind. How good. Oh, yeah. 1047 is the text line number. Triple M. 11 minutes past 9 o'clock for your Saturday morning. Adelaide 104.7. Adelaide's Triple M. It's the Dead Set Legends up and coming.
morning jet. Lockie Shaw is going to join us just after 11 o'clock this morning. He's going absolutely brilliantly. There it is, MCG. Third win of the season for the Tigers. They do it in style over the reigning premiers. 16-6-102. The Cats 11-12-78. And Dusty... Oh, yes. Snagged four. Love this game of footy. Rock Dusty with four. Cochin went forward and kicked three himself, seven between them. It was the Tigers of old. Yeah, it certainly was. And everyone had written them off, me included. I just didn't think they were any chance, to be honest. But you you look across the board, Geelong had a few key outs, which uh, probably leveled it up a little bit. But they were back to their absolute best. Dustin Martin kicking the four goals. Trent Cochin three. Um, there's been a little bit of chat and uh, lingering around maybe Dusty could potentially finish his career somewhere else. Somewhere else. Imagine a Gold Coast went after him. He still can He can still play. There's oh, yeah. no doubt about that. And if Richmond decide to go into a rebuild, you potentially get some good picks and a player as well. But uh, yeah, there's a fair bit to play out there. But that, that, they were outstanding. Um, Geelong won a lot of the, the statistics that you like to win, the contested footy inside 50s, etc. But Richmond just a lot more efficient when they went forward inside 50. And a really good good win for them only their second win of the season so uh, they might build a little bit of momentum off the back of that game rock i wonder how much this says about geelong and and just how much heavy lifting that dangerfield was doing over the last five week it was just it was just about the best player in the comp over the last five they've lost him and then they've been beaten by richmond who'd been really struggling yeah it certainly has uh, it's actually their third third win of the season not their second so but yeah um Geelong, they certainly rely on those key players that when they're up and about, they're their hardest style, Hawkins, Cameron, Dangerfield. But Dangerfield was up, back to his absolute best over um, the last few weeks. And unfortunately, another soft tissue injury got him last week. And um, yeah, he's sort of getting to that stage in his career. When, when they start to get you, you can fall, fall away really quickly. But I'm sure he'll go through the rehab process. They've got a really strong medical team down there at Geelong. They've done an outstanding job over a number of years. So... I think he'll uh, he'll be back. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, the question mark remains. If if you lose a couple of those key players, are Geelong the same team as what they've been mm. in the past? Yeah, interesting. Um, I thought Tim Taranto was pretty good last night. Another 28. Of, I reckon he's just snuck into the top 150 players in the comp as well. So, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I, I reckon. I thought he was pretty good. But yeah, I just loved it. I love Dusty Gun, and you know those last couple of goals that he kicked the snaps around the corner were were superb. So I reckon a little. Uh, Silent beast there that could hopefully, you know, get going, get on a roll. It would be good for, for Richmond. Well, let's go over to the other game. We set it off the top, boys. Um, you know, two games yeah. on a Friday night we think is no good whatsoever, especially when Thursdays are free. And then there's two games tonight, can you believe it, that start within five minutes of each other. So I can't sure. get my head around what's going on. I know they're trying to free up uh, Sunday for Mother's Day. But what happened out west? What did you see there, Pig? Yeah, well, Gold Coast Suns, they're actually playing some really good footy at the moment. I was uh, there last week. They actually should have beaten the Melbourne Footy Club. Um, they got robbed, in my opinion, by the umpires. Yep. They uh, they stole that game yep. off them. But uh, they, they were they were superb in the way they went about it. Matty Rao was outstanding, wasn't he? He had the 17 tackles as well as the, the 28, 29 disposals. So exceptional. We know he's got a, a weird thing that he does pre-game, Fergus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, we saw some footage earlier in the week of, of Matty Rao pre-game down on hands and knees, tucking into some turf. Yep. Did he have a crack the at the stuff, the cut stuff. <laughs> Anyone see that? Did he have a go at Optus last night or not? No, he does it every game. So he would have. He you know, did? Uh, yeah, well, oh, he does. Yeah. He does every game. And apparently the media is late to the game on this one. Uh, uh, Stewie Jew early in, the, early in the week when asked about it basically said he's been doing it for years. And I 
Rocky and I off air were talking about the amount of pesticides and chemicals oh. that would have been gone through that oh. system of his. It's extraordinary stuff, but, uh, geez, what a player he is for a young player. Yeah, and Noah Anderson as well. Yep. He slipped under the radar. He was best on ground by a long way last week. Another 27-odd disposals, eight clearances last night. So they're starting to find their feet a little bit after a slow start there, the Gold Coast. But let's shift our attention to the West Coast Footy oh, Club. Yeah. Where, where are they at? They've mm. been disappointing now for... Two years. Um, 2001, they weren't too bad, but uh, they started to drop away at the end of that season, missed finals as well. So they're in no man's land currently, in my opinion. I think uh, Adam Simpson's going to start to feel a little bit of pressure, but uh, they're a long, long way off it. Rocky, how long uh, before people start saying, you know, this isn't just bad luck. This isn't just an unfortunate run of injuries. This is mismanagement. We've got too many players that are injury riddled and had a bad ish, a bad history of it, and um, we've got the balance wrong. How long until it becomes a mismanagement issue and people really start to pile on? Well, I think the heater would be on them over there in Perth. We know that you can't get away. It's um, a city that doesn't allow you to get away with anything now, Perth, particularly in that footy media. So I'd imagine they'd be jumping up and down. But you look at the guys, that they've, the key guys as well, Nat Nui, he's had no continuity over the last couple of years at all. Can't get him fit. Shuey's the same. Mm. Like, they're good players. McGovern. Yo, McGovern, Yo, like, they've all had issues and they can't fix them. So at some point, the, the fitness staff and high-performance team there will have questions come on them, the footy department as well. And, and it might be time to, to change things up a little bit because it's going to be a couple of years before they get back up the ladder, you would think. Oh, yeah. We were looking at it about this time last year when they were wandering down the, the, the back end of the ladder and they still their spine was still okay. You know, Kennedy, mm. Darling, this is when they were all up and going and they were still yeah. losing games of football. But there's no doubt, this team, the West Coast Eagles, if it was in Victoria, the heat would be on like you would not believe. Yeah. So it's an interesting one. And the stat, I think they've won, what is it, like three out of the last 40 games or something, Jeez. you know, which is... Yeah, I, I, I can't get my head around it. But he surely, at the end of the year, the heat must be right on there on Adam Simpson Rock. Well, you'd think so, yeah. And it's an interesting point you make, isn't it? Their, their rounds, um, I think from about round 13, 2021, they've just gone downhill and only won those sort of three games that they lost a fair few on the trot. So they won two games at the back end of that year, sorry, round 18 and 19, and then they've only won three three games since then. So in... Pretty much two full seasons, a bit more. They've won five games. Yeah, wow. Quite incredible. They were also so, moaning. From the moment they moaned about being in the COVID hub and everyone else was yep. getting on with the business, that things have gone south. The Carmen bus has hit them bad. Yep. Jay-Z Clark to join us just before a 10 o'clock, but a brand new segment coming up next, boys. It's all featured around Bruzzy, Braden Maynard. We love him. We're going to do it next here at Triple M. Love it. 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M. Tom Rockliffe. Cow Ferguson and Tom are here, the Dead Set Legends, until 11.30 today. Time to get the latest out of Melbourne. Triple M's Dead Set Legends, AFL Newsbreaker, Jay Clark. Uh, Jay-Z Clark joins us right now, and I'll tell you what, finger on the pulse at all times. Jay-Z, you got us. Oh, oh, great to be with you, team. This week yes. has been an extraordinary one. Like, when you think of what's happening at Hawthorne on the brink, Carlton's about to blow up. There's all oh. sorts of stuff. We've got the Jason Horn francis cut the oh. face off. But, uh, wow. Things are on edge in the AFL world, it's fair to say, <laughs> this weekend. Uh, Jay-Z, let's start with Richmond, mate. Too good last night. Backs against the wall. They got the win done. But Jacob Hopper, bit of an injury, yeah? Yeah, so he's got a calf and he'll be probably missing uh, for a couple of weeks. So that's a blow. Clearly did well to try and play out as long as he could. Daniel Rioli also had a rolled ankle and played out that win against Ge- which Geelong, which is Richmond up off the canvas now. 
isn't mm. it? So we know the cats have had a few injuries and they're uh, a bit vulnerable. The tigers smelt blood in the water. And the thing, the big story in this one was some of that old Richmond magic, that, that, that signature stuff, the forward pressure, the surge handball, the relentlessness with Trent Cotchin kicking three goals. He's just five games away from his 300th match. You just wonder, Rocky, if that is what the Tigers are going to deliver from here on in, can they make something decent of this season yet? We were all ready to put a line through them, and then they knock out the Cats last night. Are you thinking they can do some damage in the back half of the year, potentially in September? Yeah, well, if they play the way they did last night, the, the problem with them at the moment is they're just inconsistent. We haven't seen that for a few weeks. But the way they played last night, I mean, that they give themselves an opportunity. They may be starting from a little bit far back, but the one I'm looking forward to today, Jay, it's disappointing it's down there in Hobart instead of in Melbourne for the Kanga, 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 Jason Horn Francis versus today. Oh, I tell you what. <clears throat> I read the comments from R2 Botanilagi, former North Melbourne and uh, Collingwood defender, where he just said in plain language, and I absolutely loved it, Cameron Zerha and Jason Horn francis did not like each other. Mm. He said Ooh, whether yeah. they were in the gym or training, it would get heated, it would get verbal. There were plenty of blow-ups between the pair. And I can imagine that both of those blokes rock up to the footy today absolutely ready to box on. It will be must-watch because these two don't like each other and there will be an altercation at some stage. I'm absolutely certain of it. Now, Cameron Zuha's not going to take any backward steps. We know what he brings each week. And Jason Horn francis if there was a footy between me and Jason Horn francis I could not jump out of the way quick enough. (laughs) (laughs) He he does not take any backward steps either. So it's going to be physical. There's going to be booze. It's been a big talking point. And I reckon, and you, you guys know better than me, but I reckon Jason Horn francis is up for it today. What do you think? Yeah, I reckon, I reckon he's up yeah. for it, Jay. It doesn't matter who's coming the other way. You'd be jumping out of the way of whoever was coming. <laughs> True. Hey, Jay-Z, there's been a fair bit happening at the, the Hawks, obviously. There's been a lot of chat around what's happening with this investigation. Yeah. Uh, what's the latest on that one? Well, I'll tell you what, um, Bluey, the Hawks are building that new flash um, training facility out there at Dingley, going to cost them $100 million. Now, previously in the plans, I'm pretty sure they were they had some bronze statues of their sort of champions of the past. I'm talking about Lee Matthews, Dan Brewer and Jason Dunstall, John Kennedy, you know, Michael Tuckby's Leviathan figures. Now, um, about a year or so ago, I would have thought that Clarko um, had shotgun on a statue. I'm not sure that's going up anymore. I reckon after <laughs> the fight um, this week, Clarko's comments whacked Hawthorne, his former club. He yeah. took this joint to those, those magnificent premierships, of course. He's regarded as the, the best coach, you know, of the of the modern times. And over the handling of their racism affair, Clarkson went absolutely bunter. So no love lost. Uh, between the pair. It is obviously really sad. I'm not sure who's going to be satisfied by the end of this process. All I know is that a lot of bark has been taken off. The independent panel statement, which was released, shocked me in the sense that these people are trying to be sort of running this process to get some natural justice, yet before it's really even got anywhere, they're making comments, putting pressure on people. So that was, it just shows you how much this whole thing has fallen apart. Um, and I'd be I'd be surprised if it doesn't end up in the courts. And, and then if it's not already one of the biggest stories of the past twenty or thirty years in football, it's it's headed that way. And I just wonder whether whether the the toll on Chris Fagan and Alistair Clarkson is finally starting to show. I know there are alleged victims on the other side, and we probably haven't 
um, heard from them fully to this point, and we want natural justice to occur. But this saga is taking its toll. Absolute dog's breakfast, that one, Jay. But uh, we yep. know that you love Nuff Nuff of the Week and you're a late yes. entry here, but you've just called uh, our man Fergos Bluey at the start of that. But that's okay. That's Sorry. okay. Just quickly, Carlton. Carlton, what's your update You guys sound exactly like... Are you guys, are you guys the same person? Yeah. You sound the same. You look the same. Yep. His cover drive might have been a little bit more fluent outside off stuff. That's basically the only difference between you two. Oh, our man, our man Ferg's a much better bloke and more entertaining and actually got an opinion. Sorry, Ferg. You're all right, mate. You're all right. We'll let you off today, on this boys? one, but I'm not sure no. Bernie will. Yeah, that, <laughs> we'll wrap it up there, Jay. We'll let you oh, get back have, to it. Carlton, let's talk about Carlton. Oh, because yeah, tonight, let's get Western Bulldogs versus Blues. Right, the, the comments from Bruce Matheson yesterday, if you haven't caught up with him, check him out. He basically says <laughs> everyone who's running the who's running the football club at the moment is doing a really pox job. That's from uh, the president. <laughs> Why join up? <laughs> but but uh, Brian Cook is one of the most respected people in football. He's been horrific too, according to old uh, oh, Matt. And Bossy's going to cop it in the neck. So it's Gee like whiz. from someone who's genuinely inside the tent at Carlton, uh, some of the strongest comments I've ever received. There is a tension around the Carlton Footy Club at the moment. They've underperformed considering the expectation. Grab your box of popcorn. Watch the game against the Bulldogs tonight because anything could happen. Super as always, Jay-Z. Thanks so much, mate. See you, Bluey. Thanks, Tommy Brown. Just running a little bit over the dead set legends (laughs) on this beautiful Saturday morning. The news is meant to hit at 10 o'clock. 16 minutes past 10. Holy (laughs) hell. Who's running this show? (laughs) Disarray. It's the music. The songs are too long. That's what I'm putting it down to. (laughs) Vinny. It's got got nothing to do with rock story that went for 14 years. Let's get the clock on that (laughs) one. Seriously. What happened there, Fergus? He got a a case of the Fergalicious. I don't know. He's he's been trying to throw that barb at me for years, and I'm telling you right now, he should be looking at himself in the mirror. That was one of the greats. We've got to get the timer on that one. We'll feed it off to the rush hour midweek. They'll have a field day. But uh, it was a great story, Rock. It wasn't exactly what I was expecting. Um, I thought it might have been a nice story about your mum just having one or two too many, but uh, the fact that you nearly knocked her off with the bowling machine and started firing them at her head when she'd had a couple wasn't wasn't overly uh, overly generous, was it? Well, well, that's what happens when you drink too much, so always drink responsibly out there. That's, uh, that's what we always encourage. But I think it was Jay-Z Clark. He just kept going and going and getting names wrong. He was Tom Brown there for a while, so <laughs> Brown, it might have, been, might have been him. Well, Jay-Z sounded under the influence when he said this. Hey, Jay-Z, there's been a fair bit happening at the, the Hawks, obviously. There's been a lot of chat around what's happening with this investigation. Yeah. Uh, what's the latest on that one? Well, I'll tell you what, um, Bluey, the Hawks are building <laughs> oh, a no, flash um, training facility out there at Dingley. Well, I'll tell you what, um, Bluey... <laughs> I can't believe he's done it. We did, a whole, we did a whole segment, is it Ferg or is it Blue? Uh, we, did. we did that for about a month. So once again, and he's, he's basically called you the same person there, Ferg. We might have to bring it back, I reckon. That was a hell of a segment. The fans got around it, didn't they? The family, they loved it. Uh, that, that was quite a successful segment. I'm surprised it hasn't been uh, stuck with. But um, yeah, JC well, needs what, to sharpen um, up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sharpen up, JC. Do better. Now, uh, you're in Port Lincoln today, Fergus. What's going on there? Yeah, I am. There's a fair bit happening over here too. Uh, Westies and, and Nord are, are facing off over here. I won't be at that game. I'll be having a, a wonderful time at a 40th out on a property about an hour out of uh, out of town. But it's great coming back over here. I love Port Lincoln, Coffin Bay. I, I came over here for about 
oh, 12, 13 years uh, for a couple of weeks at the end of each summer and just great community out this side of, t- uh, out this side of the state. And yep. As we always talk about, Triple M getting out and amongst the community. It's a great community over here and it's great to be over here. You've you been over there, Rob? Yeah, I have been over to Port Lincoln, yeah. Yep. Went over there, uh, Port Adelaide. We used to go over there for the community camp. Yeah, so yeah, I spent awesome. a, a week over there, I think. Nothing better than those oysters, here, I tell Rocky. you. It's, oh, yeah, the oysters are great, but the fishing's unbelievable as well. No, I didn't get the opportunity. We were sort of a, a work trip, so we were training and uh, visiting schools, etc. over there. We didn't get have yeah. much downtime. I remember coming over here for, for the Redbacks work trips and, and getting amongst the community, and I think we spent six hours on the boat a day, so I'm not sure what you guys were doing, mate. <laughs> we actually give back, mate. We give back. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. Mm, that's <laughs> a nice little flattener just down at the end there. Yeah, well done, mate. Yeah, good. Great story, bro. <laughs> Rusty to join us next. 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M. It's the dead set. Legends Tom Rockliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo. Barbs have been thrown. Triple M. This motorsport update with Rusty is brought to you by Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Oh, this man is absolutely humming. His name is Greg Rust from Rusty's oh, Garage honey. Podcast. Look at him go. You can get it for free on the listener app and he joins us right now. Rusty, hello, mate. Morning, guys. How are you? From a beautiful Phillip Island, I'm here for some uh, some oh, racing and broadcast today with Nine and Stan. So, but it's a glorious day here. Yeah, oh, happy good. days, mate. Enjoy that. Now, uh, Rusty, a bit of mail about Daniel Ricciardo having a seat fitting for the sister Red Bull team. What can oh, you tell us on. about that? Uh, well, I mean, the the heart says love to see him do some racing this year. Yeah. I think they've tried to hose down the suggestion that it will lead to something, but that is obviously you know a bit of smoke. There's fire-type scenario for mm. Nick DeVries, who drives for the Alpha Tauri team, who's not had a great start to his time there. Now, he wowed everyone with a couple of guest appearances last year, and people thought, we've got to sign this bloke up. He's so talented, but he's had a tough start to the season. And now it seems like there's a bit of pressure from Red Bull. So um, will it result in Dan getting in a race seat? I'd, I'd love to see that happen. But for now, I think it's a bit of, uh, bit of pressure being applied through the, the press, it would seem. Now, Rusty, supercars are in Tassie next week. They're making some noise again about trying to do a deal to race in Singapore alongside the GP. Now, is this a bit of a pipe dream? Um, you know what? I, I Again, I'd love to see this happen because they do such a good job in Singapore with mm. racing under lights, those cars, those fire-breathing V8s would yeah. look amazing up there, I, I reckon. But the reality is they need to get other events closer to home sorted. They don't have a race in New Zealand where there is a huge supporter and fan base for supercars. They've got to get that that fixed first. And I just wonder, Singapore is so good at continually improving and changing up their event. What would it lead to? It might be a year or two if they if they got it. And then where does it sort of go from there? So what my, my head says, I, I think there's better things to be focused on than that right now. And Rusty, this has really been pissing me off. Can we finish with the uh, Can we finish with the overzealous security at the Miami GP? Yeah, good call, Rob. They wanted to stop one of the all time yeah. legends from speaking to Roger Federer, who was there. I'm I'm miffed about this too. This was just disgraceful. Seriously. So so the legendary Sir Jackie Stewart, who's uh, uh, you know a many time world champion, has done great things for safety in our sport. Um, you know he's an older gentleman now with with the highest of respect in the paddock, and he spotted Roger Federer. I mean, there's so many A-list stars at the Miami event. You know, he spotted Roger Federer. He was chatting with um, 
uh, Martin Brundle at the time. And, and so Jackie said to Martin, would you like me to go and get Roger? And he went over to, to endeavour to bring him into the interview and security tried to block oh, him. It come was on. Disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. Beautiful, Rusty. Well, you're all over it once again, mate, and we'll catch you next week. Great, man. Have Enjoy great football. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, Rusty. That's Rusty for Bendix Breaks. Put your foot down with confidence. Triple M. Triple M. 104.7 on the dial, and we're also on listener as well. 22 minutes away from 11 o'clock for your Saturday morning. It's the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson, and Tom Owen. Time to talk a little bit of footy, Piggy. <laughs> Yeah, it certainly is. Here, all the action live here on Triple M as well over the weekend. All the AFL games covered, which is fantastic. North Melbourne take on Port Adelaide today down there in Hobart. Kanga, kanga, kanga. <laughs> roo, roo, roo. Yes. Oh <laughs> so they'll be all down there up and about the North Melbourne supporters. There's no doubt that Jason Horn Francis is going to cop his booze. And this is the only week, realistically, that he should be copying the booze. I think everyone is in agreement with that. But yep. Um, yeah, we just had Jay-Z Clark on a little bit earlier, so that'll be interesting, the Horn Francis versus uh, Cam Zerha today. There'll be uh, a couple of bulls that'll be uh, have steam coming out their ears, so watch for that contest. But for Port Adelaide, they were inaccurate in front of goal last week. They dominated that game. Realistically, um, Essendon started pretty well, but unfortunately for Port Adelaide, they just didn't kick straight, and, and they found a way to win. So that was the most important thing. They've, they've found some really good form. North Melbourne started the season um, pretty well. Tomo? Yeah, I was just saying, is it a danger game for the Port Adelaide Footy Club going down there? Like, it's not easy at the best of times, whoever goes down there, pick. Yeah, it certainly is. And then you've got a couple couple of key outs as well there for Port Adelaide. Charlie okay. Dixon will be missed and Junior Rioli as well. But you'd imagine they just need to go down there and, and get the job done, don't they? they they're, they're certainly good enough. And North Melbourne, it's, it's hard to get a gauge on them. They're still learning their new, new system under Alistair Clarkson, and we've seen it throughout the season. Their defence is just not in sync. They want to play that team defence and roll forward, but they're rolling forward at the wrong time. If you've got no pressure on the ball, you can't just blindly go forward, and it just provides the overlap run there for for the opposition. So they'll be tweaking that and, and trying to get around that. Um, ben Cunnington... Uh, omitted from that team yeah. as well, so he's uh, he's had a tough start to the season. There's no doubt about that. He's not uh, playing his best footy, so he'll go back and, and work on that and potentially find his way back in. But uh, for me, Port Adelaide will, will go after this game, get their contested footy right, give their opportunity their forwards an opportunity, and uh, I, I can see them winning this pretty comfortably down there. Yeah, you've always got to be a little bit wary of an Alastair Clarkson coach team, though. He's, he's always thinking, trying to get ahead, a step ahead of the game. So that's uh, look. Anytime you go down to Tassie, you play against Hawthorne or North Melbourne, you've got to be a bit wary. You've got to be on, on your guard, no doubt about it. Yeah, you certainly do. It's, it's a tough venue to go to, but um, both teams have got to play there and compete. So, That's it. Yeah, looking forward to that one this afternoon. And then uh, tomorrow, of course, Mother's Day and uh, Adelaide Crows take on St Kilda. And this is going to be a cracking game because we're going to find out a fair bit about both these teams. I think this is the, the game that I'm looking forward to the most over the weekend is this game to see where both of them are at because... The Adelaide Crows have been thereabouts. Um, they've let a couple of games slip that we'd imagine they probably should have won. They were super competitive last week against the Cats down there. Took it right up to them for three quarters. Um, St Kilda, they've been started the season really well, sitting on top of the ladder, but they've just come off the boil mm. the last couple of weeks a little bit and, and had a couple of losses. So we'll find out today the real Adelaide Crows, I think. I think we'll get our answers out of that, whether they're the real deal and they can play finals. Because if St Kilda get get them tomorrow afternoon, 
then I think that they're just in that holding pattern again, the Adelaide Crows. What's your read on the Saints, Rock? Is it a bit of a sugar hit, Ross Lyon, coming in? Like six and two, obviously, at third. Very, in, uh, you know, in good shape, I should say. But I'm not 100% convinced yet. No, I think they're going to take time as well. And you look at their injury list, their injury list is as big as anyone in the competition. So it's incredible what um, Ross Lyon and the St Kilda Footy Club have been able to do at the start of this season. So... I think the one thing with Ross Lyon is he's so structured defensively and yes. all his teams that he's ever coached are, are super defensive and, and play that really well. But he's he seems a lot more relaxed in the media. We spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. He's the most best coach to listen to at yeah. the moment, isn't he? Because he's Absolutely. got the balance right. He's serious when he needs to be. But, but their game is stacking up. They're, they're hard to score against. They, they play a good brand. They've got enough through the midfield and in the forward half to, to give themselves an opportunity. So I think they, they may be. I think they probably sneaking the finals this year mm-hmm. the way they're playing but again tomorrow afternoon it sets it up it's an opportunity for the Adelaide Crows to prove themselves against a good opposition at home I think it's a good time to get to the Saints personally I, I, they've got a lot of young players that have played some really good footy early but uh, now's when you as a young player probably start to feel a bit of the the week-to-week stress and they haven't got some of their big names back just yet so now might be a good time to get them rock yeah, it certainly is, and that, as I said, like this is it shapes is a, a cracking contest for all those reasons, Fergus. So, mm. um, yeah, the Crows they just need to win this game if they want to play finals. Because you, you look ahead, as we we'll speak to Lockie Shoal about a little bit later in the show. I want to speak to him about who they've got waiting for them: Western Bulldogs yeah. next week, the Brisbane Lions, and then Gold Coast in uh, in Darwin as well. So. They've got a, a challenging month ahead. This this game's going to be important. So I look forward to, to Lockie Shoals' answers uh, a little bit later yeah, on in sure. the show. Yeah, we'll catch up with Lockie just after 11 o'clock. And the Crows are doing something pretty cool. You can buy a ticket this weekend, a general admission ticket, and take your mum for free for Mother's Day. What an absolute treat that is, the yeah, old two right. for one. So Lockie Shoal to join us just after 11. 104.7 Triple M. 11 minutes away from 11 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide, the Dead Set Legends. And make sure you download the podcast as well. I'm a listener at L-I-S-T-N-R. Our podcast is uh, made by Tommy Basso. Uh, our producer is just furiously just banging away there on the laptop at the moment. There's the man with Dean Brogan on his uh, sheets there, Rocky. <laughs> he certainly is. He's, he's not a great typer either for someone that's uh, done it for a number of years. He bashes those keys, that's for sure, but... We want to shift our attention a little bit after last week. We, we spoke about Greg Blewett and the uh, collaboration with the wife. Every post has to be a joint post. Oh, but, uh, yes. Mm. Starting to creep into the Triple M family a little bit, isn't it? It is. Fergus? Oh, it is. And, and we've had to look no further than our very own Travis Head. Uh, oh. He's a, a huge part of this team yep. at the Dead Set Legends. And uh, if you've followed him at all on the socials recently, it's been nothing but collaboration after collaboration after collaboration yeah. with his wonderful new wife Jess Davies now Jess Head she uh well I dare say she's leading the charge on this and uh, he's just uh, tagging along holding onto the coattails I'd say what is it kayak AU is what he's rolling with at the moment <laughs> our man but the, the, well, I hope they're paying him well that will so for those that don't know what a collaborated post is uh so it's where companies come to you and ask you to uh, basically spruik them there, Rocky. And you get a whole heap of yep. cash for it. it. It's simple as that. And, and the smart thing that Travis Head has done, he's uploaded these. He's a real smart operator, Heady. He might not seem like it, but I tell you what, he's looked at the time zone. He goes, it's 2.30 in the morning in Adelaide. I'm posting it right now. <laughs> Thinking that it would just slide through to the keeper. Nothing gets past the dead set legends there, uh, Fergus. Well, not only do you think that Kayak 
dot au or whatever it is is probably <laughs> absolutely filthy that he's chosen to drop it at two thirty a.m. Mm. He, he's almost suggesting that we're not sharp enough to pick up on it and that the people aren't there aren't going to pick up on it in the family here at Triple M. We're all over him yep. like a cheap suit. So 100%. he's going to sharpen up his game a little bit, I think, Rock. It's like yeah. he was, it, Fergus, it was like he was embarrassed to post it down there, Hetty, and, and someone who's not was when Rocky went to Bunnings that time, he waited till <laughs> 7.30 on the Sunday night, and then I'm hearing he actually paid and boosted the posts. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted a little bit of extra exposure there, Tom Ho, I think. <laughs> Trying to grow the brand a bit. <laughs> it's right through the Triple M crew at the moment, though, because you've got Bernie Vince, who I don't know whether <laughs> yeah. you follow him or not. Not many people do, and rightly so, but he popped up on the socials last week. And his was Kogan.com or something. And he went with about 15 stories, 17 posts, used the kids, did everything he could. Like He, oh, he pretty much farmed his kids out to, to <laughs> get paid. Well, are the kids getting anything uh, in return here or is he just taking it all for himself? Well, you'd hope that he'd have a bank account set up and they'd get paid for that one. Otherwise, he's That's just right. in the, he's skyrocket. Mm. Effectively child actors. Mm. <laughs> they get paid pretty well, generally, unless they don't know that they're doing it. I am surprised you haven't wedged the South Australian Scorpions into this conversation, Ferg. <laughs> well, did I mention that the Strikers actually uh, won the WBBL this year and the Scorps made the uh, made the final? So, it's a big year in women's cricket in South Australia. Thank you very much. I watched a game, actually, that you coached. Yes. And they lost five for one in the last over. Yeah, yeah. in the final. Nah, I, was, uh, I wasn't there at that stage. I was uh, just consulting through that period, but uh, they are absolutely flying the women in South Australian cricket. <laughs> the scores. That's right. Lucky show not too far away. 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M. 104.7 A couple of minutes away from 11 o'clock. Got to get to the news very, very shortly. But uh, Scott Pendlebury had some interesting comments uh, to say throughout the week, and here he is with those comments about players being underpaid. I still think the players in our game and the coaching staff and that are heavily underpaid. Yeah. Um, yeah. And everyone will go, oh, you get paid so much as players. It's like, I don't think, I think the executive team in the AFL are the highest paid people in the game. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is fine, but I, there's no other league in the world where the yeah. exec team's paid more than the players. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think the players, like, I think of a guy like, like Nick Dacos, Dusty Martin, like, they cannot live normal lives in Melbourne. No way. Basketball background, obviously, as well, so it doesn't happen over there, Rocky. <laughs> he was talking to, uh, I think it was Josh Giddy. Yeah. They actually were interviewing him and Tom Mitchell. It was a good good chat. Scott Penelry, when he talks, you listen. He's mm. so well-respected. Yeah. He's very clever. He's a deep thinker of it. He's not He's not, uh, He's not. not a lad, to say the least. He wouldn't be mm. out uh, sinking tins or whatever, but he would know more so than anyone throughout his footy career being able to not go anywhere and not get recognised as a mm. Collingwood champion that he has been for 15-odd years. He's, he'd be the most recognisable player at uh, the Collingwood Footy Club. And he makes great points there that the executive team, yes, they do an outstanding job and they certainly earn their money through the COVID period, but... It's not run like a normal business. So a big business, a bank or any big business, of course, the CEO and the executive team are going to be the highest pay because they run the business. AFL and sports different in the fact that without the superstars in the game, there's nothing for them to do. And the executive teams are paid a lot more than what the best players in the competition are. So on that basis alone, I agree with um, his argument there. You're there, Fergus. Yeah, look, I just I feel like it's um, if you if you look around the world at 
the way some of the other sports are, are tracking. You know, cr- cricket in the IPL is a bit of a different one. They're they're down at you know in the mid teens uh, percentage of revenue wise, um, what the players receive. But uh, the AFL players, in my eyes, are, are underdone, and I think still within cricket in Australia, they're underdone. When you look at American sports, or or even if you look at the world game overseas, you know they're they're experiencing fifty plus percent. So I think that uh, Pendles is right on the money. He he would have thought a lot about it. He would have looked at the numbers, and and he's right on the money, Rock. He how's this, Tomo? Can you tell me who's in the executive team of the AFL? Uh, Gil. <laughs> But that's it. Like, everyone knows Gil, so yes, he's going to get stopped, but the rest of them, no one knows. No, I understand that. But yep. you could tell you could tell me the top 20 superstars in the competition, couldn't you? So, to put it that way, if, if they wanted to have a life outside of footy, they wanted to go to dinner with the family or something, so they're restricted there. So, I agree that they actually should earn more. No, I agree Particularly the top-end players. Yeah, and yeah. even the, the bottom-enders, though, Rock, so say it's what? What's the minimum contract? 150, is it? Yeah, you know, about 100,000, I think, these yep. days, yeah. 100,000 or 150. But if you're playing the majority of VFL games, like, you're, to me, you're no different to uh, a plumber who works seven, uh, five days a week and then plays the exact same amount of VFL games just because you don't have a contract. I think some of that money can, can filter up to the best players as well. Yeah, yeah I don't disagree with that either. Mm. Yeah, it's always um, you'd love you the and the good thing with AFL players they've always looked after the ones coming into the system and, and those bottom guys to to bump them up so they can um, live the lifestyle. Yep, I think it's important to also recognise that you still need to pay a decent amount to your lower ranked players on the back of the fact you've got to make it attractive and you've got to make play um, young athletes coming through attracted to your sport and cricket's a, a you know a market that they've got to watch as well but I, I think the balance needs to shift towards a higher end I think you're right Tommy Crow's up and coming star Lockie Shell not that far away oh, Adelaide up you get bloody news what? late again I don't know what's going on I've had a chat to the panel off <laughs> after the, the show I reckon what's I don't know going what he, on there I don't know what he's doing Crazy. in now the dead set legends are everywhere we got Rocky up we in are. Brisbane we got uh, Callum Ferguson over in Port Lincoln still actually haven't got to the bottom of that yet I'm feeling another cashy <laughs> <laughs> No it's not about me this trip. It's a birthday trip. <laughs> Catching up with an old mate over here. But it's always great to get over this side of the state. Magnificent. Normally got a fishing rod in hand, but just this time I'll have a nice cold tinny not in a, my hand. Not about Ferg. It's the first time in almost 40 years that it's not about him. It's quite staggering that he said that. But uh, we're, away. we're away. And, uh, on the text line too, um, a, a text came through from a loyal listener here, boys. I just want to read it out to you. Rock, you and Tomo, uh, some Como, have been on fire the last three weeks. Oh, what about the well, Fergus? He's forgotten about the Fergus. This will be good. <laughs> I didn't realise yeah. he was on the show. That's yeah. from uh, Tom Cleary, actually. So a loyal <laughs> oh, listener there. He's, well, he's, seriously, he's mate. He's clipped you, Fergus. Help us out here. <laughs> He's flat with that oh, and, wait. And, and talking yeah, wow. of Tom Cleary, you did your top five of the top shelf before, um, Tomo, the yes. top five earlier in the show. Who you'd want to play with, he's right up there. He's all-time off the field, Tom Cleary. He's one of the best drinkers I've come across. Yeah, so if you miss that in the 9 o'clock hour, it was the top five mm. players over the past 30 years have to be retired that you want to play with and then want to play with off the field as well. Yeah. So yeah. she's a cold-cut combo. So he, he might feature when he hangs the boots up. But I reckon you've forgotten about one. Who? He used to play for... Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you try and have a guess. He played at the Adelaide Crows. Adelaide Crows, yeah. The Western Bulldogs. The yeah. Collingwood Football Club. I've got the it. Brisbane Lions Football Club. Played for the Roosters as well, the North Adelaide Roosters. Big Benny Hudson. 
Oh. Benny Hudson. Oh. Yeah. Our man. There he is. He's a demon. He is our man. <laughs> what about when he snuck in here last year? <laughs> the grog yep. monster. Yeah. And they uh, used to call him the grog monster. Yeah. Well, that's a can. I, I, honestly, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a, a little 250 mil can by the size of his hands around it. <laughs> <laughs> little throwdown. Oh, it was just you could tell Rocky had been spending a bit of time with him in the lead up to our show, yes, too, because I the agree. pool of water under both armpits <laughs> that morning was extraordinary. Yep. I couldn't believe it. Hey, uh, did you see. Matty Richardson throughout the week. I think he was on the front bar on Thursday night, but he jumped on a podcast as well and had a real clip at the Port Adelaide Faithful. Have a listen to this. I had a broken arm one day against Port Adelaide at the footy park, and I was walking out to the ambulance with a blow-up cast on my arm, right? It was dislocated elbow, clean snap through the forearm. I had the green stick, you know, the... <laughs> and as I was getting into the back of the ambulance, there was two Port Adelaide guys, because you could stand right near the players' rooms there at the old footy park. These guys were standing out there having a dart. Weak as piss, Richardson. <laughs> I remember it distinctly. That's just something I'll never forget. I can see the bloke's face still now. And he would have said it dead he, serious. He said it like that. Like it wouldn't have been. As he was blowing out the smoke. Weak as piss, Richardson, he said. I cannot believe Dit said that. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's a great story, that. That is a beauty. <laughs> Dit, seriously. It's brings him Shut tough. up, Dit. Man of the port. <laughs> <laughs> Toughen up, Richo. <laughs> the hardest nail squash player. <laughs> Lockie Shoal, not too far away. On the back of this song, actually, we're going to speak to the young up-and-coming star next. Triple M. 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M, the dead set legends. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo and the mighty Adelaide Crows take on the St Kilda Football Club tomorrow. Should be an absolute beauty. And this bloke has been playing some very, very good football in 2023. Lockie Shaw, the young star, joins us right now. Hello, mate. How are you? G'day, guys. Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Ah, mate, thanks so much for jumping on board. Uh, Lock, big game tomorrow. Coming off a couple of losses, a good start to the year. How important is this one to get it done in front of the crowd at Adelaide Oval? Yeah, it's obviously a, a really big game. Obviously, every week we uh, we go out and we, we of course we want to win. So, um, and the Saints are they're in ripping form this year too. So, um, yeah, it'd be a really tough game, but uh, one that um, yeah we certainly think we're ready for. Now, Lockie, how do you go about uh, dismantling St Kilda tomorrow? We know their game is built off defence. Do, do you have the weapons in offence to to pierce that and break through their their defensive structure? Yeah, look, hopefully, I mean. Um, you know, we've been able to, I suppose, you know, show that we can, you know, match it with the best this year and um, not, well, not just this year, but, you know, years before. And, um, yeah, the Saints, obviously, it's been well documented how well they're going, especially defensively, they've got their um, their system going. And, um, I mean, yeah, I think I think for us, it's actually, it's, it's more about our defence this week, um, I think, you know, to be able to... Um, you know, I suppose uh, put that pressure on them, and, and and then and then go forward from there. But um, yeah, it'll be a real it'll be a really tough game. But uh, yeah, one that uh, yeah we're really looking forward to. Lockie, it's Cal Ferguson here, mate. I, I'm interested to know how you felt like you came away from the Geelong game. It was obviously a huge clash, and, and they're so tough to play over there on their home Dunhill. Um, how did you feel you guys stacked up against them when they were red hot? Obviously losing uh, Dangerfield late, but you guys look like you handled it beautifully. Yeah, no, obviously the, the Cats being the reigning premiers, you know, it's, uh, it's never going to be an easy game. And um, especially down there, you know, it's a, it's a fortress down there, um, the way that they play it. And um, it certainly is a, a fair bit different to, to other grounds um, in the league. And um, yeah, obviously they play it really well. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was a game that we knew was going to be really tough. And 
Um, I mean, yeah, we we certainly, um, you know, showed that, uh, you know, we could, we could match it with them in, in patches. But um, yeah, in, in the end, they were they were just they were just really good, and um, yeah, we took a lot away from that game. That's for sure. Lock, beautiful day tomorrow for kicking. Uh, the weather is absolutely yeah. gorgeous here in Adelaide today and tomorrow as well. You've been praised so much throughout the competition for your kicking style oh, and the beautiful. ability to hit yes. targets. Now, tell us, how much work do you do throughout the week on that and how important is it to you in 2023 to hit targets? Yeah, I think, um, well, well, thanks, first of all. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, I've been doing a lot of work um, with uh, with Chase Jones, especially, um, obviously, he's been on the other wing um, for the most part of this year too. And, um, yeah, we've, we've been working closely together, obviously um, been in the same draft year too. I've had a lot to do with him and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're really good mates and, and get on well. But, uh, yeah, we've been working um, a fair bit over the pre-season with, um, you know, kicking and grabbing each other, you know, um, during training or after training um, and just getting, a, you know, I suppose a, a, few, a few extra kicks in. And, um, yeah, of course, of course, yeah, in this, uh, in this game, you know, it's it's obviously really important to, to hit targets, and um, yeah, I suppose that's something that uh, you know I try to I suppose pride myself on, and and hopefully I can bring that tomorrow. Now, Lockie, I just want to go inside the change rooms this week. Obviously, the coaches they don't they certainly look a bit further ahead than what the players do. So your your focus is clearly going to be St Kilda tomorrow. But have they had a big focus on this game in particular? Because I look at your month ahead. Next week you've got the Western Bulldogs away down there in Ballarat. You have a decent record down there, but then you've got the Brisbane Lions and Gold Coast who are playing good footy up there in To Stadium. Are you, this game could define whether you guys play finals or not. Has there been a big focus on on this week? Yeah, of course. Every week we uh, we obviously go in um, and, and you know do do plenty of homework on the opposition, and you know this week was no different. Um, and yeah, it's certainly certainly a big game. There's no doubt about it. I mean, yeah, the Saints are they're, they're going really well, but um, yeah, I like to think that we're we're going well too, and hopefully we can um, hopefully we can match up with them tomorrow. Um, and yeah, obviously, as you said, it's a, you know we've got a, a tough few weeks ahead as well. So um, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be challenging, but. Um, yeah, it's a it's a challenge that we're certainly up for. You've both, you, you, as a side, have been involved in some very tight tussles this year. You've come out on top in a few, and you've and you've probably just missed out. What what have you guys in a few games? What have you guys learnt throughout the season in those tight tussles? Because we've seen how important it can be for a side to be really strong in that area, like with Collingwood over the last couple of years. Yeah, no, it obviously is really important, especially um, you know as as the season wears on, you know. Being able to win those tight ones, especially, um, can come in handy. And um, I mean, yeah, we've, we've been involved in, in in a couple of close ones um, already this year, and obviously the most recent one being um, being Collingwood. And you know, um, it's it certainly adds up. You know, towards the end of the year as as well, when you know you might be fighting for a for a spot in the eight or the top four or wherever it is. Um, yeah, it's it's certainly important to I suppose bank those wins and. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully we can continue to do that and, and keep building on on, uh, on the start to the year. Yeah, Lockie Shaw, one of the up-and-coming superstars of the competition. Now, Lockie, a bit of information's rolled across my desk. Oh, I see that go. you, uh, oh, no. that you uh, oh. roll in the uh, number 38. That's because one of your favourite players of all time used to wear that, the, the oh, rock pig, isn't it? Wow. Yes, correct, mate. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's uh, that's the first thing I thought of actually. When I got 38. <laughs> so. That's exactly right. He's a good good young kid, isn't he? 
That's it. That's it. Uh, Locke, enjoy the challenge tomorrow, mate. I reckon it's going to be an absolute beauty on Mother's Day in front of a packed house. The St Kilda Footy Club are going all right, but I reckon Adelaide are going better. So all the best tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Go get them, Lockie. Enjoy, mate.